Listener Production. The creators of this podcast would like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which it is recorded. Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people are the first storytellers of this land. We pay respect to their elders, past, present and emerging, as well as any Indigenous people who may be listening today. Everyone relax. This is Tofop. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Aladison. Hello and thank you for watching, even though you're not watching. No, you're just listening. Um, another beautiful Patreon bonus for our beautiful patrons. You are beautiful. Thank you so much. I know we, well, I was about to say we don't say this enough, but we do we say, say it. Fucking every we say time. it fucking every so time. We're so needy. You know I love you, right? <laughs> we, we you love, never leave me, right? <laughs> Please don't leave me. love bomb our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. uh, but we're, we're trying to contribute more to yes. the relationship. We're not just here to sweet talk your baby yeah, that's right. and tell you that we love you. We're here to prove, you know, prove yeah. that we love you. One of our acts of love is going to be making bonus content. <laughs> <laughs> Giving you more of what you want, more yeah. slop the, the piggies. <laughs> Hang on. Eat it up, eat you've, it up, this gruel, you've gone this too, sloppy gruel, you pigs. No, sorry. You've gone too far the other way. <laughs> um, yeah, and we thought this episode, because mm. oh God, we're so bad at answering mail, let's just clear out the mailbag. Yeah, let's do it. So then we can have a fresh start and new Patreon bonus episodes, and fresh mail, make it more topical. Well, <laughs> let's do until we forget to read the mail again. Um, this came in from Mark. This was back in August 2023. You're talking about Cam James and the and the Paul Hogan roast. Mark said, hey, Will, if you like, mm-hmm. um, uh, uh, I actually I actually have the Cam, Cam episode because I have an unhealthy habit of downloading podcast episodes in case they vanish or get deleted. Well, well done. <laughs> Congratulations to you. Well, I think it's released now. It's out in the wild, right? I think – didn't we put it up on the Patreon? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it, it's out there, but no negative feedback. Nothing came back from that. No, no one. I mean, I think now. Okay. Cam has talked about it so much that anything, we've got nothing to contribute. The actual podcast itself is mild by comparison to the story that Cam tells. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Like, I was thinking about that the other day. The, 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 I mean, like, I, I don't know what Shane said specifically, but. That idea of kind of threatening someone, like, or <laughs> making some like enormous claim about you know you, what you did and and, and comparing it to Fabio, <laughs> like, what motivates that kind of zero to a hundred response? Do you think like is it a just a heat of the moment rage I, thing? I would like to think so. Yeah. I would like to think that in the moment, you maybe there's an external pressure that you're. Like, you know, sometimes you're like, this, I'm not really this mad at you. I'm this mad at something else that is going on. Say it had been really hard for the roast to come together, or it was a really delicate relationship with one of the so guests. So stuff's been building. Something you don't else understand is going on. How many that, directions I've been pulled in. And this right. is the last shit I need. Yeah. Okay. That's what it feels like to me. Because right. I don't actually think there's anything in the podcast that by itself. Is particular. In fact, if anything, it would have got a new audience that weren't ordinarily going to watch that podcast, watch that show, to tune into the show based on Cam talking about it. However, I feel like you're sensitive about something else. There's some other shit going on, and then you feel betrayed by this person that you've given an opportunity to. And in the heat of the moment, 
you overreact yeah. to what has gone on in that situation. That's I think what that's I would right. Like. That's seen, what I would like to think. I've is, seen is that. Happen. I've seen that play out in a different circumstance. Yeah. I'm sure I've done that. Like a hundred percent. I think I've maybe told this story before, but when I was doing Blue Healers, we were shooting uh, in a country town. We had like three days on location. And I went out drinking with some of the crew after the last night and was hanging out with the locals and playing pool and stuff. And a couple of the people at the pub were like, hey, we're going to kick on today. I was going to come. And I was like, oh, no, but I'll walk with you because my hotel's down there. And so it's all like fun and jovial. And there's this guy who'd been sort of like hanging out on the fringes of the, of the group. I hadn't really said anything. And out of nowhere, he just like charges up to me and wants to pick a fight. And it was like so unexpected and and so like took me by surprise. I wasn't really like scared or anything. I was just more like I was trying to catch up to the situation because all of a sudden like it had been fun and laughter and everyone's a good time. And now there's a guy who's like, you know, leaning his head up against me and, you know, wanting to fight me. And so I just sort of kept like saying, what's, what, what's going on? Like, what is this? Like, where's this come from? And in the space of about a minute, he went from like, I'm going to kick your head in to being like, everyone here is a fucking, all the girls are fucking snobs. No, 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 no. And he was lonely. You know, and he just wanted to hang out and he'd been on the fringes of what looked like a good time and no one had sort of really included him. He'd sort of just been lurking. And and so in the end, I was like, oh, man, it's okay, you know. <laughs> and by the end, like I was patting him on the back. And then he was like, well, now you and I are going to hang out. <laughs> and I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like I'm happy I've diffused this situation, but I mean, I'm, I I'm not taking had, the bomb home with me. I had one of those in the street the other day. Like, oh, I, really? I had Ramona with me and there was a guy who I'd say like at the very least was suffering from some sort of mental health thing but might have also been affected by some sort of drugs. I'm not not entirely sure but I was walking Ramona and he wasn't really looking where he was going and Ramona went in one direction and, you know, one of those sort of things. And anyway, not a big incident but anyways but I did that classic thing of just going, sorry about that. Like even though technically wasn't even really my fault, but that classic sort of, you know, just out of politeness, sorry. I've acknowledged your inconvenience. Yeah, and he snapped and it was just like him going, well, how about you just try doing things where you don't have to apologise and you're just like not sorry about things. How about you try that? Just, <laughs> oh, I love that because I get it. Like that's total anger logic. Why don't you just try not being a fuckhead? Like, there's no, there's no actual advice there. There's nothing constructive in that. It is the most, ironically, it is the most unhelpful thing yeah. you can say. You could respond, why don't you try not giving such terrible advice? In and response. I, in that moment, kind of immediately recognized a bit of what was going on. And just realised that the best thing to do was absolutely to just placate it and be like, yeah, I absolutely sorry, mate. Didn't didn't mean it. Like you know, like you know, accidental, blah blah blah. And then he went on a rant, and it turns out he was just mad at some other people who'd been doing things to him. That, like clearly, <laughs> right. you know. And I was Ramona and I were the final straw that had broken the camel's back, and he had somebody that he could yell at and. All I did was like, I was like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's what Kenny was doing that day with Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is from Tim and a very uh, pertinent message. Hey, guys, I have a question. Fuck you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a question now that, you, now that you are caught up. Do you guys ever catch up in person anymore? Mm. The remote pods are so good these days, I forget that you're in different places. Well, <laughs> it's going to blow your mind. We're in, We're the, in the same, same room place, right now. Man. Um, Imagine if we. This is worse now. As in, we're just not not good at it. People are like, you know what? Go back to you're actually better when you're not in the same space. It's like when you hear about like a band where they get the guitarist sober and they're like, oh, we're much worse. Just give him some drugs. (laughs) (laughs) Like he's much better when he's not sober. Yeah, look, 
preferentially we'd be in the same room all the time. It, it's definitely like a different energy and everything. But as we've stated many times, if you want the show every week and it's going to be a lot of it's going to be down the line. Yeah. Like, I mean, if we had to do it face to face, then. Pay us. <laughs> <laughs> Not you guys. I just, sorry, I just you, had a flash. Like, again, we're getting mad at the wrong people. Yeah. These, these are the people who well, are literally paying, paying us. us. Yeah. No, I just in my head I was thinking, I was talking to a listener. I was like, put us in the studio, pay us to be in yeah. a studio together and we'll make the time for you. Yeah, well, I mean, anyone. Yeah. Like, not just listener. We're open to offers of yeah. someone who's going to pay us to put us in a studio together. Uh, this is from Edward. 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 Sorry, oh. did I pronounce that funny? No. Okay, Edward. E- Edward. Edward. Oh, Edward. 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 It Ed should Ward. be Edward, isn't it? Not Edward. Yeah. Well, it's not Edward. It's Edward. Edward. But he says Edward. Well, we don't say it like that. We say Edward. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. But we're, the same, we're saying the same thing. I understand what you're saying. Edward Woodward. I think us. Edward Wardward. It's Edward. Edward Wardward. Edward Woodward should be – no, Ed, it should be Edward Woodward. <laughs> what? Remember that ad that Edward Woodward did? Edward Woodward. The, the equaliser, the, yeah. not the pre-Denzel. Okay. Yeah. And the ad would say, you know, buy this product or my name's not – Edward I'll, Woodward. No, that, yeah, that's what he would say, yeah. Should I buy this product? I would. I'm Edward Woodward. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Edward Woodward. Edward, Edward Woodward. <laughs> Uh, speaking of, I know we shouldn't get distracted before we get into the very first letter, but <laughs> no, this is the third letter. We've done two already. Uh, the Equalizer. Mm. Um, I watched Sets a stopwatch before you kick someone's the ass. Denzel. I, I watched the the third Equalizer. I've seen the f- uh, equal three three Equalizer. E- equalizer. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't remember how they <laughs> fucked it up, but that was it. I was going to say E three Equalizer. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it happened at E three. That video game convention. Yeah. Um, so, it's an interesting movie in that – so the plot of the movie is that – What's happened I've, – so I've seen the first. I can't remember. Okay. doesn't matter. Nash Edgerton's in the first one, I think. Yeah, that's right. Um, is he – so he was kind of like a – not a drifter, but like a, a man with a past, like man with no name kind of – Yeah, he's got a certain set of skills. He works for the – But does he like appear in different – like is, is so I, – I know you can't remember, but – are there are the characters' storylines carrying across from the original? Is he still with the same kids and Oh, as in like is Denzel just the, is it like a new of the character that is Edward Woodward? Is that what you're saying? Or are you asking me, is the character of Denzel Washington? Is the equalizer this- the character? Yeah. Is his function every movie it's a new adventure with new people like Indiana Jones? Yeah, he okay. equalizes. The the theme that is consistent between them is the yeah, idea the, the of studio, equalization. The studio, I believe the way the studio pitched it to Denzel was like, you equalize, we'll sequelize. <laughs> <laughs> the sequelizer, that's yeah. pretty good too. Thank you. So um this time he's well, there's been so it starts with a an incident, and this incident it, he ends up in a small Italian coastal village where he has nursed back the health by the local community, and it becomes this story of him living in this local Italian community and being nursed back to health. And then it turns out there's a problem with this small Casa Italian local, or something, yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> a local like mafia gang yeah, yeah. who's causing trouble in the local area. And he decides because he loves these people and they've nursed him back to health that he's going to do some bloody equalising, <laughs> even though. <laughs> Are there some awesome Italian? 
Are there some Russell Crowe in the Pope's Exorcist level Italian accents? No, I haven't. I'm the Pope's Exorcist. Hey, it's a me. No, it, this <laughs> is the, the priest. I'm here to get the ghost. Interesting <laughs> thing about this movie is that it kind of plays a little like an art film. You know, so I can. What is going on in your apartment? We've got a toilet draining periodically. We've got a dog snoring. It's such a strange this is soundtrack. The in person experience, <laughs> that you don't get it's when so we're appropriate making the that every now and then you just hear a toilet like just flush. Of the toilet. <laughs> I don't know if people can hear that, Mark. If they can't hear it, can you just, uh, just put the sound of a toilet, a toilet flushing? <laughs> Not flushing. It's worse than that. It's like just draining, just a gurgle drain. You know what the gurgle drain actually is? It's what? not the toilet. Oh. It is the washing machine, okay. and it is one of those washing machines in this apartment that is both washing machine and dryer. Oh, I've, I've heard of such a thing. <laughs> yeah, I've never old, seen one. The old two-in-one. Well, if you want to have a look at one, yeah. you can pop into that bathroom there and have a look to the side. So it's and sucking so the moisture out and it dries it. the moisture out. You That's full exactly service. what you're hearing. You're gonna, full <laughs> service laundry machine. Okay, it's hot. It's washed it for 15 minutes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say for 15 bucks. <laughs> but if you want full service, it's 30. Well, this is what I'll tell you about this machine. 15 minutes to do your wash. Two hours twenty to suck it out. <laughs> Two hours twenty to slowly and tantrically suck out the moisture from the the your, washing. Your damp clothes. Yeah. Sorry, now you're saying the equalizer plays like what? Well, a lot of it is just like this. You know, Denzel getting to know the local community. Sort of, he's a beautiful like. Greek seaside location oh, here so are Italy. all the sorry uh Italian right. seaside location um here are all the characters of this small village like it takes some time to flesh them out and tell the story and it plays with this sort of pace that's like if there wasn't a bit where you're like oh soon he's going to do some bloody equalizing. equalizing yeah and if it hadn't started at the start it starts with some like adventure, but then it just falls into for like an hour, an hour plus this quite, I loved it. I actually really like at the end of it was like, oh yeah, I like that. I like that it took the time to to make me care about the, I mean, I guess the whole point of the equalizer is that the thing that motivates him to, you know, like he's certain set of skills, you know, he's the retired guy who doesn't want to use his certain set of skills. And the thing that always motivates him to use his certain set of skills is if there's a situation that needs equalizing. Yeah, it's, un- it's, it's uneven. And he he doesn't like uneven situations. And, it's, but, and what they do in this though. But is he equalizing or is he over-equalizing? Well, this is what I would say is the difference Is it a proportionate between- response, Will? So – John Wick, and you know I love the John Wick universe, but mm. like I think we can all agree that it might be a slightly disproportionate response. It's an response. overreaction. <laughs> like, There's one puppy. There is a point where- And a car. Yeah, it's you're not equalising anymore. John Wick could not be the equaliser. He's over-equalising. But what they do in this is build up so much- like so that when it comes to the equalising, because he has some John Wick style equalising at the end where he really goes to town on his equalising and it pays off really well because you're like they've spent all this time sort of investing in the, you know, the the story and the narrative so that by the time he gets to his merciless, ruthless equalising, you're just like, yeah, I'm in. I am so in. And so do they, is the stopwatch still a motif? Does he still time his... And does he do it? I can't remember. So does he do it with every fight? Oh, 
it's kind of his showpiece, you know, sort of thing. Oh, so it's like that's the when you it's like yeah. So it's like Mr. Miyagi yeah. doing that, you know, like yeah, some shit's like about to go seconds. down. And they're okay. like, what? Oh, yeah. And then he always explains. Yeah, does he? <laughs> well, well, I mean, they play with the they play with the trope of that in this one. Okay. Without wanting to it give is it a away. cool trope. I'm sure the writers yeah. or the writer, when they come up with that, are like, oh, that's going to be cool. Like, yeah. It's a great little signifier that shit's about to go down. Yeah. So in this third one, they've got a little twist to that. Like it's like a playing nod to that that in it. Oh, I really thought it was like. I was indifferent to the first one. Yeah. I don't can't even remember what the second one was. I was very surprised how much I like this third one. Is it well shot though? Like it's not cutty. Like all those um, Liam Neeson ones are so cheaply made. No, well, that's the difference. That's what I mean about this whole thing of like. Right. They've actually, it's a film. It's, it's honestly, a movie movie. It's honestly like they said to Denzel, we'll let you make an art film on the Italian coast in a beautiful village where you just get to like hang out all the time. And in return, we we need a little equalizing of our own. <laughs> Uh, this came in from Edward. Uh-huh. <laughs> Back to Ed Ward. <laughs> Ed Ward. Uh, two random notes mm. from past episodes you may or may not be interested in. Neighbours, the film, was titled Bad Neighbours in Australia and New Zealand. Okay, so it was oh. called just Neighbours. The UK and Netherlands reportedly uh, not to be confused with um, the TV show. Yes. On the topic of Will being called Ando, Okay, that was a topic, I guess. I have myself called him Ando over the years, but stemming back to his old routine where he references himself being Ando the comedy commando. That might be a reason for a bunch of other fans calling him that too. I can't remember what we were talking about. No, I do think that that, like absolutely me talking about not being called Ando or calling myself Ando. That was an ironic thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Which has then become a thing that people actually now do. Yeah. It's funny, like uh, Michael my, Chambers. I, I'm sure I've mentioned this before as well, but my com- my company is called Comedy Commando and I find that very funny like as an adult, like something that I thought was quite funny <laughs> yeah, at yeah. the time, like now an official document <laughs> yeah. for like things. You're like <laughs> Comedy Commando and you're like, oh, God, I, now I have to explain why it's called Comedy Commando because that's one of those things that comes off as really naff if yeah. you don't know the <laughs> – Yeah, you don't know it's ironic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure it comes off any better if you do know <laughs> the story, but at least you should know the story. Um, Edward says, I hope you get to uh, uh, do a series with Andrew Levins and talk about the Five Tour. That's Thanks for all the great content. I'd love to talk more. Although I did see, um, what was it? It was a clip of, so Richie, who's one of the three members of Five is still around, he was, he was like the Hugh Grant one in the original, like the boy band set up. Um, I don't know if he's kind of anti-vax, but he's definitely anti-lockdown because I was perusing his social media and there's a lot of that kind of like, oh, come on, man, like let people, people got to live, people got to live, people got to live. I mean, people got to live. <laughs> That's the title of the new song, I believe. <laughs> people got to live. <laughs> Your story about COVID's got more holes than a sieve. <laughs> Keep those needles away from me. It's just you and me, baby. The way way it's meant to be. Masks are for pussies. We all know that. Look at my five cock. It's really fat. I mean. Do you think he calls these five cock? Um, this came in <laughs> from uh, K 
Kayaga Gal, she calls okay. herself. Hey, friends, I was introduced to your pod via the dollar. Okay, they've been good to us, haven't yes, they? they have. And I have- mean, in return, we were good to them in Australia. Like part yeah. of the reason that they're, you know, have well, Dave, such a huge following in Australia is because, yeah, of their association with us originally. I mean, they've surpassed us. Yeah, I know. It's so fucking <laughs> annoying. Don't help anyone. That's the lesson. <laughs> Just guard your little bit of turf as hard as you can and don't help anyone. <laughs> Uh, I was introduced by the dollop. I've taken Will's advice, listened back as far as I was comfortable, which was around episode 60. <laughs> yeah, yeah that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder what I wonder what it was that got it to stop. I wonder what we discussed. Your audio quality, probably. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> During our spring and summer here in America, I became a casual listener because of my work schedule. So I may have missed this, but where did De- when did Dixie stop doing the intros? Uh um, when did he stop? I think it was this year at some point. I think it was just part of like, let's do, we just wanted to just clean everything up, just make everything a bit sort of neater and faster and stop fucking around. Like all those in jokes that we loved, I think in consultation with our more experienced uh, uh, producers were like, I think people can just get to the show. And I also feel like I was, I think it was time to, I want to keep working with Dixie, but something else, not that. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, I love Dixie. We mm. both love Dixie. Yeah, he did our live show um, yeah. and we'll probably do our live shows in Melbourne. Yeah. No, no, when no. When I so, say properly, he's doing them. Yeah, he is. <laughs> in fact, by the time this comes out, he's probably done it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. it would have already happened. Yeah, that's so, right. Yes, John so, guess what? Surprise. I was like, Gareth was yeah. there. <laughs> uh, the worst kept secret. Um, yeah, no, we, we, yeah, so we stopped doing it, I think, this year. I can't remember what episode it was, but. I do kind of like that if you do listen to the shows, there is there's definite like eras, eras. Yeah, it's like band. Do you think eras. we should do like a Taylor Swift style eras tour? Well, so what is the premise of the tour? So it's all her. She goes through her different eras of her career because Taylor like doesn't you know, every band do that? Isn't that just playing songs from different albums? Yeah, but she's better at marketing, which is why she's a billionaire, Charlie. Um, so Taylor Swift has had some more distinct eras though as well because like they are defined by both the style of music she was playing, the, the more country, country stuff, the more yeah. pop stuff, the, yeah. but also her personal relationships and what she was writing about on those specific albums. And so – It's very smart, <laughs> isn't it? Because we just live in this nostalgia fucking – world now where people well, just want to be reminded of- she's done a great job of giving of, people nostalgia for things that happened- Today. <laughs> like recently. Yeah. Like she's so, I mean, part of it is because like so she's such a clever like artist, like both her and, you know, the team behind like Taylor Swift. Like they're so clever because even this falling out she had, you know, with the people who originally recorded the music over the rights and the fact that she's like used that as an excuse to re-record every album and then like add bonus tracks and add to the mythology and then do this era's tour which is going to be like the biggest you know selling tour going around where she it's like you said it's basically a greatest hits tour but she's managed to market it in a way mm-hmm. where she's made this concert film she couldn't get a deal for the concert film so she's done she, like what i mean literally That's crazy. they've, they've done an independent oh my deal. god it's, it's gonna be the most profitable film of all time right and she's like making so much more money out of it than she would have if she'd gone through a regional distributor. I can't believe that she couldn't find a partner. Like, oh, she probably couldn't find a partner that was willing to give her a deal. Yeah, that that's right. she suited her. Yeah. And I guess when you're that big 
why not self-distribute? Who's fucking not going to buy well, that? There is a or distribution deal in place, but yeah. it's like not it's a- It's not the, you yeah. know, probably like a 60-30 split or whatever. Yeah. 60-30. Yeah, 60-30. What's that second? Shut up. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, goes to the demon lord who lives under the, the record company's offices. Um, but she's just like been like- I mean, she's obviously clearly a good performer as well. Like the fact that she can do these three-hour like shows where she's essentially like a solo artist, you know. Like, I mean, obviously she's working with backup singers. Did you see um, that Chelsea? Oh, you wouldn't have because I don't believe you're on social media anymore. Um, I mean, you may have seen it, but it was on social media. There's a clip of Chelsea Handler. She did a talk show recently and she was talking about we're at a really rare moment in time where women are dominating culture. She's like Beyonce, Taylor Swift, the two biggest concerts – Barbie, biggest film directed by a woman. Female sport is exploding. They're getting these massive numbers to women's soccer. Like it's a really rare moment that people are paying attention to. And she said, it's also teaching us that women turn out for things that are aimed for them. Like this idea that oh, women, you know, that people aren't interested in it. It's clearly not true. And not only that, but men are turning out as well. And this is this kind of watershed moment and what's going to happen from here. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting because I haven't thought about it. But, yeah, like the, it is the dominant culture at the moment. And I think uh, – In the West. You know, for Taylor Swift, I don't know. There's something about her appeal that is – she's kind of edgy enough. But, like, I think that there is a real appeal. If you have, like, a teenage daughter, you kind of rap that she's into Taylor Swift. Yes. Until she tells you she hates you because you couldn't buy a $1,000 Taylor Swift tickets yeah. or whatever. But, but you know. It's a safe yeah, genre but, but or whatever. not so safe that like because of her love life and the – I mean, have you been following this like – yeah, uh, you know she's dating this American. Footballer. Oh, I'm peripheral. I don't know who he is or anything about. No, me neither. But Travis Kelsey or Kelso or some something like that. He's a very famous American footballer. But the entire broadcasts have become about her coming to these games. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her, you know, like their relationship. It's such a. I mean, she's such a huge celebrity. So even seeing her in the crowd at a sporting yeah. event is news. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Will's going to go to the bathroom. I'll tell you um, a little uh, story about Taylor Swift. No, I don't actually have any stories about Taylor Swift. But I do feel like she's someone that I would be happy to go see just because, you know, certain celebrities get to a certain level of fame and it's like, well, it's not really for me, but I want to be I want to be aware of this cultural moment. I want to know why this person is so popular. Um but it's amazing to think where she's come from. Like Avril Lavigne didn't get to this level. Pink didn't get to this level. But Taylor Swift somehow broke the mold. I'm all for it. And the thing is too, like they tried to pigeonhole her as, oh, she's the girl who writes breakup songs and blah, blah, blah. And she sort of managed to weather that and still sort of has credibility. She's been amazing at... Like, and this is the, you know, the incredible thing about this era's thing is I remember on Gruen, we did a whole thing on Taylor Swift. It must have been almost a decade ago now. And how an incredible a market as she was even at that point of her career. But then to go through like, you know, the Kanye thing yeah. and like the scandals around yeah, like her dating and, and all those sort yeah. of things, like friendship stuff, gossip stuff, like all this sort of. And that's right. There was some kind of like feud. Right? Yeah. She had, she had and beef. the. You know, and this all has become part of the narrative of Taylor Swift. 
And she's managed to just like come through all that, embrace all that. Every time something goes wrong, like this dispute she had with the original people who recorded her songs, managed to twist it into something that's been a positive for her career and for her story. And to be so incredibly marketed, because she is, there's no doubt about the fact that it's like an incredible marketing story as well, and yet still be able to sort of connect with people in an audience and have such a wide appeal is because that's the other thing about her. It's not just teenage girls, right? Like Taylor Swift and that idea of being a Swifty has like it's older women, but it's like like I hear dads talk a lot about, you know, that like but liking you Taylor get an Ed Swift. Sheeran? Yep. But I bet she's probably done something with Ed Sheeran. Oh, definitely. I bet they've done hundred percent. I mean, that's the relationship that should Ed have That would have broken a, music. A crazy one. Like Ed Sheeran <laughs> doing songs with Eminem and stuff. Like I guess I guess if you're a musician at the top of your game, whatever the genre, you recognize a good songwriter. Like whether or not it's your style of music or whatever. Like you just be like, well, this guy fucking knows how to write a really good pop song. Like why not? What's the harm in, in working with him? But M, why let him rap? <laughs> like happy for you to have him come on and sing a few bars, but don't let him rap. It's awful. It's so cringy. Oh, uh, yeah, but you know what? We let Eminem sing sometimes. Uh, I don't like that either. No, I I, I'm singing. against both of them. <laughs> yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm with you. I'm against both. But if we allow one, we've got to allow the other. I hate, my least favourite Eminem sing is when he starts singing. So it's a little bit of melody, but then he just talks a sentence then there's no rhymes or anything it's like that's not a that's not singing it's kind of just rapping again but just without the the same rhythm without any you're of just the talking things a like sentence about and your, changing that picture yeah. of your voice we, we like your rapping it's fast and clever whatever this is is not good stop live, it live pitch shifting um okay where were we so um she listened to, okay the casual listener when did DC stop doing the oh, intro top pop eras tour <laughs> so we can do a tour where we like have conversations from different drunk. eras. But they would have to start yeah. off drunk and stoned. We wouldn't have to start off drunk and stoned. You oh, don't we have go to back do in it. time. Yeah, right. That makes perfect sense. And stop when we make people we'll feel uncomfortable. uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. That's a great idea. So the so yeah. so how do you all right, so the so the modern era is mainly down the line. Yeah. So does that mean we we're not on stage like if we're doing it live? Well that yeah, so if it's a live experience, we're not on screens, stage. We're both two, on two yeah. screens. Like as if you're watching the, yeah. a live Riverside film. Yeah. Okay. And then and we And then after we've done a bit of that, we walk onto on stage. stage to get Yeah, for the kind of like up. post post hiatus era, yeah. the kind of home and away kind yeah. of era where you're in LA, because we were we'd record a lot in person mm-hmm. in those eras. There was a little bit of booze. What if we had like not- a stage that had like different sets? Yeah. So like your, had- we remake your LA, your apartment in LA, yeah. living room. Where we but record. your old front room that yep. we recorded That's in the back original in the day. One. Yeah. So we start yeah. screens, mm. LA apartment. Yeah, LA years. That's good. Front room. Yeah. Yeah. And we get your incre- studio. Yeah. <laughs> increasing your studio more up north. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. God. That's sad. <laughs> I just want well, no because you know like a band will let the guitarist do a solo or the drummer yeah. do a solo so everyone can just take a break. You can go off stage to take a little break, yeah. and I'll just sadly like <laughs> record in my purpose-built studio that we never recorded one episode of Topop in, <laughs> not once ever. I'm about to deconstruct that studio because yeah. we're we're building a a new um we're tr- we're converting our shed into a little like office slash okay. studio. So I'm like, all right. I'm going to, going to take down the, <laughs> turn that into a bedroom and I'll have a new uh, uh, recording studio just for me. Oh, 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 oh. 
Okay, so she says, I'm in the process of catching up and have noticed that he's not introducing the show anymore. By the way, I love the land acknowledgement. As a, na- a Native American myself, I appreciate that. Love listening to your chats. Thanks, Becky. Oh, thanks, Becky. Um, it's funny, I had a chat with uh, uh, Mike the Third about the Welcome to Country, and he was saying, do we want to do it ourselves? Because he was saying, I think traditionally the acknowledgement, sorry, the acknowledgement, not welcome, mm. Indigenous Australians. We can't do a welcome. welcome. We can't do a welcome, but we can do an acknowledgement? Yes. What do you think about that? I like the one we have because it's like um, it's uh, Auntie Delta from the St Kilda Football Club, Auntie K, sorry. And so I sort of felt like it was more appropriate, but what do you feel about that? I like it too. I actually think that it's – I mean, we asked someone to do it for us, you know, for our football podcast originally, but like then started using it more generally and – I think I like it like that because I think that sometimes when it's in the – I mean, we both clearly endorse it. That's why it's there. But it's – I think it's – I mean, obviously we acknowledge that. We put it on our podcast. That's our acknowledgement of it. Sometimes I think that – I mean, particularly at the moment post the vote, even though, you know – Obviously, clearly, the both of us voted yes, but like, <laughs> can you imagine? Can imagine. <laughs> um, it almost feels like I said the words at something the other day that I was at, and I was thinking, I wish that this was somebody, you know, who, I, I, yeah, it's like, I mean, look, I can imagine people having. Very different thoughts. Some people would make the argument, well, what if it's in your own words? That's more of an acknowledgement yeah. from yourself about what it is. But I think sometimes when it's like us saying it, particularly if you're saying it every week, yeah. it can become almost like a, fo- a formula or like, yeah. like whereas I like that we take a moment to genuinely – acknowledge that you know this was like this land sovereignty was sovereignty was never ceded and it was somebody else's land and you know that we went to the effort of getting you know a first nations person to do it for us and yeah i think it carries more weight coming from an indigenous person i think it could be dismissed as being i don't know like tokenistic or whatever not that it would be but i just the way it's perceived i'm happy with the way at it the is. melbourne comedy festival and it happens at a lot of other comedy festivals as well but melbourne is the first place i remember it happening they have a standard one that anyone can use who's and they have it recorded by one of the indigenous comedians mm-hmm. um and i've always liked that yeah. it always felt like that's the right way to do it and um I always wondered a worry too that when we start talking that, that things can sound comedic even yeah, though. Yeah, that's a good point. You know? Yeah. It's just because you are so listening. It's like when you saw Glenn Robbins in Lantana. You're yeah. like, oh, here we go. Here we go. Come <laughs> yeah, on. Russell Coit. Yeah. He's going to get his undies stuck in something. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, wait a minute. No. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, good point. Uh, this is from Augusta. Hey, guys. Mm-hmm. Love your work. Quick question regarding philosophy. Okay. Have you ever considered Catherine Ryan as a guest? I have. I love Catherine Ryan. I'm such a huge – I think we may have even asked Catherine Ryan at some stage, but I'm very happy to ask again. I think one of the best comedians in the world. Uh, I know you're wanting to keep things face-to-face, uh, but it occurred, 
Nah, that right? well, that's old. That okay. must, be, <laughs> must be in some old episodes. Yeah, right. That's that's some pre-COVID talk. <laughs> yeah. is no, this is, this is like August 31. Yeah, but I'm saying it might be listening to episodes oh, where, pre, right, because yeah. pre-COVID, it was that always was the about the idea that it had to be face-to-face and then COVID came along like, and oh. now none of them are face-to-face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it occurred to me the other day uh, that this is an episode I would love to hear, so I just thought I'd throw it out there. Also, Tofop is a highlight of my week. Please Never stop. Probably will never stop. No, until we're dead, <laughs> which is coming for all of us if you listen to the last Ah, oh, Charlie, <laughs> I thought we'd left that behind. No, it's very much run of mine. <laughs> um, this is from Edith. Clearly the cucumber is a better reference than a zucchini. Yep. My mother taught high school sex education. Mm-hmm. So did mine. It's humiliating. <laughs> uh, for years. And it was weird. It was just show and tell. She wasn't even meant to. She would talk about my balls. <laughs> what do you like, mean? Like she, no. Uh, because they talk about when, um, you know, when they, they check if it's a boy or a girl, yeah. that, uh, that sometimes the testes are like swollen and blue. Mm. And so I turned up to school the next day because I wasn't there when the sex education talk was happening. I turned up to school. wasn't Sorry, it wasn't high school. It was primary school, which is yeah. actually worse in a lot of ways. And all the kids were like, blue balls, blue balls. Because, um, yeah, she told them all that my balls were blue. Well, I was completely blue, but my balls specifically. I don't know why my balls came into it now. I don't think about it. <laughs> I mean, I was blue. Well, maybe the kids, the bullies just extrapolated blue balls <laughs> Mum probably just said, "Oh, yeah, he's naked," and they checked that he's a boy. And, he, and you know, Charlie, he was blue. And then I was blue balls. Well, next day, school. <laughs> so not much has changed. Well, I can tell you that much. Hey. <laughs> hey. Uh, so my mother taught high school at sex education for years, and we would have to go shopping for thank <laughs> you, cumbers, four times a school year for her condom lessons. Oh, I got a flight. <laughs> I always remember going. Are you having to the- a Greek salad tonight, Mum? No no no, 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 no. Some teenage boys need to know how to put on a condom. I always, oh fuck, man. I always. I mean, you know what? We shouldn't. This we shouldn't be. This is sex positive. Where have you, Chatfield? Fucking yes, good. Fucking don't be yeah, embarrassed. Safe sex. Roll fucking condoms yeah. on on cucumbers and never fucking you know know what consent is and shit. And we exactly. should stop sniggering like schoolboys. That is a very good point. And it doesn't matter if Charlie has blue balls. <laughs> it's fine. We shouldn't be thinking about his blue balls. I was a child. I always remember going into the vegetable section and having the greengrocer look at our bags and say, no, no, wait here. We've got the really big ones out the back for you. <laughs> Um, do you want a big cucumber? I, we never got that. Maybe it's because I went to a Catholic school. So they guess they wouldn't have, they never showed us condom no, sex education. against the rules. We got anti-abortion fucking propaganda. Yeah. Um, but we didn't get, didn't get condoms. Mm. I don't think even really got sex education. I mean, like real basic level, but we needed that teenage where sex mad. That's why I kind of understand there's all, all this opposition to like Yumi Steins' book, you know, let's talk about consent and all these fucking people freaking out about stop pushing sex on my kids as if like, do you not remember being like, it's sex is there and there's much more like dis- destructive uh, sources of information out there for kids. Like fucking talk about it and do it well and let kids be safe. Like, as having a, a daughter now, I am constantly thinking about the world that my daughter is growing up in and like, of course the instinct is protect and shy them away, but I'm also going to be a realist and go like, she's going to fucking find out. So the sooner we talk about stuff with her when she's ready and get her armed and educated, the better, right? 
Oh, I mean, I think it's time for you and Gemma to embrace the Northern Rivers lifestyle and start walking around the house naked. naked. Oh, I do. Gemma and Diana hate it. Like, they hate it. Iona actually the other day, it was so funny, she was watching her iPad or something like yeah. that and I had come home from the gym, I'm just going to get in the shower and then I'll take you to wherever. And so I got, uh, got out of the shower and I was doing the dad thing of drying myself off but talking to her from the bedroom, she's in the living room. And she looked at me and she got this kind of really sad look on her face and I was like, what's wrong? She's like, can you put on underpants? <laughs> <laughs> She's at that age now where it's like my parents' nudity disgusts me. It's like she was, they look so distressed. I was like, oh, what's happened? I was thinking. Like, you you know. say, this is natural. <laughs> now get a cucumber. Yeah. I, uh, oh, oh, sorry, we've finished that one. Mm. Next one. This is from Stephen. Oh, sorry. Stephen. Dear Charlie and Will, two relevant things from recent TOEFOPs. Okay. Michael Flatley. Please, please, please track down Michael Flatley's Blackbird, one of the most bafflingly terrible films I've seen in recent years. Um, I don't know if Patreon is okay with YouTube links, but have a look at the trailer. Well, we discussed this yep. at length, Stephen. Uh, it was fully financed um, and produced by Dance Lord Productions. Mm. Oh, that's new information. Really just hits on a theme and just sticks with it. I Although, mean. Says the guy who is the co-partner of Tofop. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um Secondly, the penis pump thing, to make it inflate, there was a surprisingly tasteful UK Channel 4 documentary called The Man with a Penis on His Arm. Oh, yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. See, this is good. This is the new TOEFOP. Oh, not sniggering about I didn't, these things. I, I felt it coming and I, I okay. thought about it like. You were like, you know what? There's probably good. a good reason. Yeah. Man has a penis on his arm. Mm-hmm. About people who've had similar surgery, so it's the penile implant oh, yeah. one. We're talking about the inflatable testicles. Mm. Um, not, that's not true. <laughs> it wasn't inflatable. <laughs> well, the, that, that went well. Six positive, fifteen <laughs> seconds of the show. Uh, fish really got to well. swim, birds got to fly, Charlie got to snigger. Uh, uh, what I, I mean, meant to say, it, it would be. <laughs> Like hilarious if you thought it was a penis pump and you accidentally got it installed in the wrong place and then you push the button <laughs> and your balls and your balls. <laughs> 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 oh, you've been working up to your anniversary for years. You've been getting your wife already just dropping in. So we're going to have your anniversary. It's going to be a night you're never going to forget. <laughs> It's like you press the button. What? <laughs> Bounce out of the room. <laughs> boing, 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 boing. Um, okay. Uh, so it can be for trans men yeah. who've had bottom surgery, oh, yeah. cis men yes. who have lost penises for whatever reason, mm-hmm. or who just need an extra lift. Yeah. You might be able to watch it with a VPN on the Channel 4 site. And he sent us a link and I won't check it out because I'm just not ready for that. Well, I'm just not ready for that. But it is like, I mean, like it's just. It's just the way he phrased and people have lost penises for whatever reason. I know what he's saying. uh, Like that song, Detachable Penis. That's what I thought of. (laughs) It's like, like, oh, I fucking wear my keys. Well, oh, where's my penis? uh, (laughs) You left it in the fridge again. You've got to get one of those little Apple tags. Air tags. Uh, this is from Erica. Hey, Will and Charlie. And this is amazing. She's misspelled my name, L-E-Y, which is kind of, you know, an acceptable version of Charlie, but not the way you spell my name. I'm only, sorry, I just got, I wasn't frustrated at her. I was just thinking like, 
you must have your name, like Will with two L's, all the time, right? Every time you make a booking, on the phone. All the time? Yeah. I don't care. No. Why would you? I, I mean, I'm the one who spells it differently. Yeah. So The onus is on you. I feel like the onus is on me. Yeah. And the funny thing is it's – yeah, I don't. I don't give a shit. Like, I could not care less. If, like, Will with two L's, fine. Um, for my email, it has like one L in the email, and like, so it's only when I'm like, if you're giving a business your email for some reason to contact oh, yeah. you, what, Will you with have one to L. be really specific about like, you know, Will with one L. But otherwise, I don't. I mean, who cares, right? I'm only halfway through the most recent app. So when was this? September. So not too long ago. But I had to stop to let you know. My boyfriend says he remembers seeing Michael Flatley on the Midday Show, he thinks with Ray Martin, talking about his need to have sex with being on stage. I love a good a bit of investigative journalism. Yeah, so someone else, I might as well mention this, someone else um, on, I think it was on the Tofop Facebook page, uh, there's Mick Malloy has a podcast with Titus, Orion, I can't remember what it's called, but they have a letters segment and someone has written in asking Mick about Michael Flatley, like a Tofop listener. So I haven't. I don't know what the response has been, but the title of the episode has Michael Flatley in it. So I think we'll we'll get further. Okay. We'll get Mick, Mick, Mick Malloy's take. Um, all right, this is from Dom. Uh, hey, Will and Charlie. Charlie, thank you for indulging the brief intrusion by me. Oh no, we've read this one out. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, we read that on the Tofop regular. That's the people who saw me at the footy game. Okay. We've only got three to go. This okay. is exciting. Great. This is from Patrick. Hey guys. I can't wait for the Sydney show. Well, oh, well, it's probably happened by now because <laughs> uh, we're releasing when this. When are we releasing this? Well, I was, gonna, I was thinking monthly. What do you reckon? Uh, well, I reckon fortnightly. Let's do fortnightly. Okay. All right. Uh, Maybe. Who knows? We can work it out. In a fortnight, uh, there may be tickets available. We've just done our Melbourne show. It went great. Oh, so people loved it. Great. Yeah. There was two of them, right? Yeah. Dan Andrews is back. He said, I'm going to come premier again because I'm oh, going to lock down Victoria I'm not sure that and make everyone <laughs> come see this show. We brought Dictator Dan yeah. back. Oh, fuck. Do you think we could bring Dictator Dan on stage as a guest? Did, as we, a guest. did, we, did, we, did we bring Dictator, Dictator Dan on stage? I mean, he'd be good for a laugh. He Dan, seems to like trolling people and making fun of his own image and shit. I. Think, Did you get him on the radio? Yeah, when, we yeah. used to have him on all the time. Like I got on quite well with him. Um, I, I don't Rubbing think I've ever mentioned this on the podcast before, but um, I'm not on social media anymore. Uh, but I, I do know it's that- the second time we've mentioned it in one episode. Was, when I was on social media, that he followed me on social media. So I could have like direct messaged. What were we? What did we get him to do at the live show potentially? That that, that was not well. It's not potential because he did it for sure. Um, Just a little ten minute chat. What would it? What what would he? What would most? I've got some games and stuff prepared. We get to play a game. Yeah, um, it's called. uh, No, yeah. So we get him in as a guest. We we read him Mm. the most toxic. Quotes from right-wing oh, commerce. Yeah, He's yeah. got to guess who, who it was. Well, the fun game for him, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon he'd be able to tell that? What is? There's a certain. We lured him down into the basement comedy club. <laughs> lure him. We, yeah, to, as, to say he was a guest on the show. Yeah. But then we locked the doors. Ah, uh, say, how see you how like you it? like it, dictator Dan. Get on the beers, mate. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's what we should do. Just get him down and get on the beers. Do you reckon we could get him to come out and just dance to that song? <laughs> yeah, I think Dictator Dance. 
Uh, can't wait for the Sydney show. I work for the Swans. By the way, what a good name for a DJ. Dictator, Dictator Dance. Dance. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really good. Um, Dictator Dance plays trance in his own pants. Hang on. Do you play trans music or trance music? Both. That's trance music for trans people. Trans, trans. Uh, hey, guys, can't wait for the Sydney show. I work for the Sydney Swans. Please don't hate me, Charlie. Hey, uh, for two, two guys, one cup fans, I was just thinking about this actually this week. I think next year, Will and I have talked about it. We, you know, we're going to bring a, a different flavour to the show next year. Yep. And because we're doing, bringing a different flavour, I'm going to let go of all my grudges. So Carlton, Swans, it's all good. All good in the hood, baby. Like 2023, it's done and dusted. I'm ready to squash this beef. If you guys are ready to squash the beef, this is me, homeboy Charlie, <laughs> making a call to you all out there. I'm squashing the beef. This is me officially squashing the beef with Carlton and the Swans. I am going to hold on to my beef with Melbourne. Really? That well, is going through you. so much already. I don't I you feel like you're, felt you're loving it. enjoyed every bit of it. <laughs> I've almost felt like we could do an emergency pod just yeah. for the last like, two weeks of news. Yes. Just I mean, so you could revel in it. Yes. Okay. I am still reveling in it. All right. Um, so he works at the Swans. Please don't hate me. And I thought I'd offer you a tour of the Swans facilities near the Comedy Store if you had some free time before the show. Apparently beautiful. Do you want to do facilities. that? I mean, on that day might be hard. Yeah. Got, oh, no, we're only doing one show that we're day. only doing one oh, show. Yeah. Might give us some content. Yeah. Maybe take our special guest. I yeah. mean, we can talk about it because it's happened. By Gareth. Now. Oh, hang on. Oh, ha- well, well, I mean, people will have known. It's like, Gareth. I mean, it's Gareth again. <laughs> it was Gareth in Melbourne and yeah. it's Gareth It's always been Gareth. <laughs> Um, yeah, okay. Well, yeah. should I write back and say, yeah, you know, we, we, I mean, I don't know. At least you and Gary, 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 <laughs> at least you and Gareth could do it if I have to do some tech stuff or get Well, I don't up. think it's worth doing if you can't do it. Yeah. Like, I think it would be weird for <laughs> Gareth and you. I mean, yeah. What do you reckon? I mean, maybe it it's like another more, day thing. Do we want to well, do, do it another day? day. Let's not foot- do it for the We comments. should do it for the footy. Something yes. for the footy pod, and then we can talk about it. Actually, because like, if we sense. went to Tofop and talked about it, some people would be bored by that. But whereas we could do it specifically yeah. and then talk about it on the footy pod. Yeah, content. Yeah. Thanks, Patrick. Um, we'll definitely reach out to you. Watch me immediately forget. <laughs> um, uh, this is from G. G. The the the, the original G, I guess. Nice. Uh, Charlie mentioned being really happy with his new digital notebook on a recent episode. What brand and model was it? It's the Remarkable 2. It is a um, a, uh, a writing tablet that uh, feels remarkably like you're writing on paper and it's not connected to the internet so you don't get distracted by notifications and shit. I love it. I use it nearly every day now. And you know what? Did I tell you that there was a real shit about it when Gemma gave it to me? I told you this. So Jem is always so thoughtful with my mm. gifts. Like she just knows me better than I know myself, gives me stuff that I think I don't want. But then I'm like, you know, like she got me the bike last year and I know I love it and I love riding every day. I even rode here for the recording. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she gives me this tablet and it's like I look at it and, you know, it's just, you know, I can see what it is and she sort of explains a bit what it is. But she says something which is like, oh, so I thought you might like start to start journaling again. And just that. One little sentence, it got my back up mm-hmm. because all of a sudden I felt like I'd been given like an iron mm. or, you know, like, you know, hey, you know, I got you the new vacuum or yeah. something like that. It's like, oh, well, so I've got to work? Like that's what this gift yeah. is? Like I have to fucking sit down and journal every night? And 
I allowed it to fester in my mind to the point where like, like that was all the conversation we had. Like Jim was not even aware. I think that I was, oh, she was like, I'll open it. And I was like, oh no, I'll open it in a second. You know, let's mm. open the other presents, whatever. But then I just sort of brooded for like three weeks about this fucking like, got to fucking write in the journal, I'm going to do fucking homework. What kind do, you, of- do you know how a good way to get those emotions out would be? What? Journal, journal? about them. <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell. And like, I was so yeah. petulant about it that yeah. like after about three weeks, first I'm like, I'm just going to leave it in the yeah. wrapper. I'm not going to do it. Open it. Yeah. It's going to be all fucking shit about yeah. it. I mean, Jen didn't fucking care. Yeah. She was like working interstate, right. wasn't she? Like, she was like, on. This was for you. Yeah, I don't give a shit. <laughs> it's just not like she's reading your <laughs> no, journal. Exactly. <laughs> and so I finally like opened it and I, you know, turned it on. Mm. And like, I, I was doing that thing with, I'm not going to like this. Yeah. I'm, I'm proud of myself. Dumb, fucking, stupid. Yes. Yeah, beautifully so good. Danish handcrafted, <laughs> you know, beautifully designed, intuitive. <laughs> and then, uh, so uh, you, you, you open it, you open like a virtual notebook, you select your style of pen, you know, you can do like pen, felt tip, crayon, not crayon, sorry, calligraphy. <laughs> or crayon. <laughs> There's a paintbrush then. And I write with it once and, yep. and close it and immediately like furious. And then I start like Googling the company mm. and like returns policy <laughs> and like, you know, just like go through this whole fucking like, like bratty tantrum. Um, mm. And then like I, I, I speak to Jem and I say to her, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send, I'm gonna send that. I'm gonna return that thing. Is that okay? I'm gonna return it. And she's like, yeah, okay. I mean, it's your present. Why? And I'm like, oh, it's just, I, you know, I use it. It's not very good. It's not very intuitive. I read a review online that wasn't very good, which is not true. They're all <laughs> fucking glowing. And she was like, okay, up to you. And then click. And then it was like this fog lifted. Mm. And I was like, what am I? Why am I being such a fucking right. ungrateful little shit for? Like, get over yourself. Like, wh- no one. I think it's because in my head, like you just said, oh, she's gonna be, I'm, she's gonna be reading my journal. Like this is somehow now. Oh, there was some coded messaging that yeah. you should be writing more. That you should, well, or that you should like be processing your emotions more. That yeah, you're not like, yeah, yeah. Which maybe there was. Actually, I mean, with good I'm, reason. Yeah, but that's like saying here, I've got you a course of like massages or like well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, anger management course. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it wasn't like you know instructions on how to be a better dad or whatever. No. Like it was just something just a, that might be good for you. Yeah. tool that yeah. was – and it was so funny. Like, and then I've, I've been so apologetic since. Mm. It's like – but it was a real lesson for me of like I can really convince myself of shit that is not happening just by a stubborn commitment to yeah, this but is – I think you're not alone in that. I think that everybody is a little bit like that. I don't think everyone's that fucking petulant where you're like – like I was really, I was allowing it to fucking make me angry. Here's what I know about human beings. And this is not, there is of course no trait that is intrinsic to all human beings. So like this is a broad statement. But if I had to nominate a trait that like most people instinctively have within them, people don't like being told what to do. Yeah. I know there are some people who do like being told what to do or in certain circumstances find comfort in being told what to do. But if you are – like, I mean, a lot of the time when we – these debates in our society, they it's eventually come down to – even we were joking about the – like people didn't like to be told that they couldn't go five kilometres from their home. That's why they called him Dictator Dan because he was telling them to do something. Yeah. Even if that thing was – because a friendly recommendation for, or, for or your own good. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think this is part of the thing with the vaccines is they're free and for your own good <laughs> to protect you. <laughs> fuck but you. But for some people they're like, <laughs> fuck you, you don't tell me what to do. Yeah, it is true. 
I mean, I don't have an anti-authority streak in me, but I think it's more for me it was a, you know, I get hypersensitive over like, you know, critique, that I'm being critiqued. Mm. Like I, I, I think that everyone's thinking about me and my behaviour all the time and yeah. that I'm secretly being judged all the time. And so the slightest hint that someone, you know, that it's a, that it was a, it was a critique of my, my emotional processing abilities or my work ethic as a writer or any of that kind of stuff. And it was really like, like what was a really thoughtful, generous gift was just became this fucking rod with which I was able to kind of berate myself. Yeah. But I think there's been people like, I mean, people get given perfume and, in their head go, oh, do I stink, right? Like, <laughs> yes. <laughs> if you get given like Listerine and soap. And gum yeah. and Fisherman's Friends. Yeah. And a giant Ziploc bag. <laughs> what do you, what's this for? You're meant to sleep in it. Yeah. You stink. <laughs> it Ziplocs from the inside, is that? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess it would have to. No, you just rely on your partner to get you out. <laughs> it's like, how much oxygen do I have in here? Well, three hours, but I'll, I'll set my alarm. <laughs> uh, last one. This is from Andrew Pawsey. This is weird, though. He opens up by saying, there's no previous message. He's not. This is not following on, but he says, oh, shit, I just realized what I did. Sorry. For the record, my guest was Russell Crowe, but I immediately knew that was wrong. Ari, the special guest coming to the upcoming live TOEFL. Right. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's actually a beautiful way to finish because we've uh, we've confessed that Gareth uh, Reynolds will be our special guest. Well, we assume so. I mean, he's booked. He's booked. Yeah. He said he's coming. Yeah, but I mean, you know, things happen. Things happen. That sounds like a threat. <laughs> <laughs> fucking successful dollop. Fucking podcast. Uh, the unexplained explained. The entire series yes. is now in the Top Up feed. Please go and check it out. And if you like it, leave a comment or something like that. Because I really like the series. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I want to do more. But I need to see some love from the audience. And speaking of uh, liking things, uh, if you could watch Question Everything on ABC iView, uh, that would be handy to get our, num- our, our iView numbers up. So even if you do watch it on the telly, if you could recommend it to somebody or watch it on iView, that would be very handy. And we'll be back with more. To- what do we, do we call this? Like Top Up Face to Face or something like that, or just Top Up. I know I, the one the thing person. I do know is it's got quite dark. Yeah, it really has. <laughs> I mean, the first release we recorded got quite dark in terms of the content, and now it's like literally gotten dark. Uh, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Yeah.